0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for locking in. It is very very late on thursday night approaching midnight actually um had to wait to get this one in of course night one in the nfl draft is in the books we're taping us technically i guess thursday but it is casual friday of course that means i am joined as always by my good friend joe yurdin co-host of the maintenance day podcast alongside lance lazowski of the buffalo news what's going on buddy been a, been a long day man it's uh <laughs> For NFL draft people, especially who really care about the draft. I'm not sure to what extent you, you care about the draft personally as a fan of football, but mm-hmm. man, it's just uh it's the culmination of months and months. I liken it. I've said this before too. It's kind of like having a wedding. It's like you spend all this time planning all these little details, and then bam, you know, in the blink of an eye, it's gone. Mm -hmm. that's how i feel about well it's only night one of the draft there's still six more rounds to go but uh what's going on buddy how you doing yeah i'm doing
2: okay you know i'm a draft sucker man i i like the every draft well except for the mlb draft mlb draft is a joke i don't don't, that whole thing's stupid i i sure everything about it stinks but everything else though man i i love it i used to be i used to be like a huge nut on the nfl draft and the and the nba draft too nba draft is kind of It's a little different now because there's so many international guys and like I'm just I'm barely paying attention to college basketball. So I I, doesn't really do it for me now. But like NFL and the NHL draft, they're fun. They're fun because well, at least like the NHL draft, you would get tons of trades happening. NBA NBA draft has trades, but like they can't get like they don't go through for like a like a couple weeks, which is weird. But now like, you know, NFL draft didn't usually have trades. A little different this year though. Tonight tonight made that made that a lot more interesting, I thought.
1: It was uh, it was a pretty wild night, and yeah, but football fans, it, the draft is a big night. It feels like football, even even if it's only for a weekend, it feels like football season's back. You know what I'm saying? And not, yeah. I mean, you know how the NFL is; it never really goes away because there's always events and stuff going on. But the draft is uh, always big. Which, by the way, I mean we're gonna talk draft, obviously Buffalo Bills here, and we'll talk a little bit of Sabers for everybody who's watching on YouTube or listening on the audio. Uh, just a quick note for people who you know, tune in every week for casual Friday. Our favorite thing probably quite honestly to do is our our starting five draft. We do it every week. It's a lot of fun. We we talk shit. We have a good time doing it. We're pausing it for one week this week only. And that's just because look, a, we're, we're taping this very late into the night. Also uh, Joe and I talked for a few minutes before we started recording on Friday, uh, the night after the draft going into rounds two and three, people want to consume as much shit as they can get their eyes and their ears on. And you know, that does take time and, and people just want to hear about that this week. So we're going to pause that for one week. Uh, we'll be back now. I know you watched at least some of the Sabres game, which again, we'll talk about that in a minute. Hmm. I ask you that because did you spend, well, actually one really would matter, but did you spend a lot of time on Twitter tonight during the draft?
2: Oh yeah. Did you? I mean, well, I mean, I know I, not as much. Usually, I mean, because I had the draft on on the TV, mm-hmm. and then I had the uh, I had the Sabres game. I'm playing on my phone, streaming it on the the MSG the MSG app. So I was, you know, more consumed with that. I wasn't living on Twitter, uh, which is good because uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Because being on Twitter for for drafts is,
1: is I don't understand. Bummer! It's a, bummer. It. It's a huge bummer. Joe, I don't understand it. People, we wait months. You read mock drafts, you do mock drafts. You don't have to be a media person or a podcast, or everybody does some form, some form of a pot or a, of a, uh, of a mock draft. We, we speculate, mm-hmm. we, we spend all this time studying and, and guessing and playing this, this game basically mm-hmm. to get to round one tonight. And then you go on Twitter, and picks are coming minutes literally minutes before they're announced. like, where's the fun in that? I like yeah. the drama. I lasted until the third pick. Now, I like to, uh, I use TweetDeck. Now, I don't know how many people out there or if you use TweetDeck. It's basically tweets in real time, in order. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas Twitter, yeah. you got to kind of, you know, if you got to push your phone down or whatever to refresh it, mm-hmm. or, you know, hit it on the computer to refresh it, the home button. And then it comes up, not always in chronological order, whereas TweetDeck is like real time. Um, I lasted to the third pick and I, I saw houston um i think with the third pick they took stingley
2: yeah and i'm mm-hmm. like
1: that it got the pick got spoiled i'm like fuck this sucks so that yeah. was the end of that was the end of tweet deck and so for the rest of the night because i still wanted to get some tweets out there so i i would tweet but i didn't load up like my timeline i just looked mm-hmm. at some of my mentions and stuff and uh even then one time i said something to, it got to like pick 12 or 13 i was like this is the bills trade up for Kyle Hamilton season. Cause I really wanted that to happen once yeah. they got past pick ten. And then I looked at one of my mentions and go, Nope, he's gone to Baltimore pick 14. I'm like, I didn't see that on TV. It was still a good two, yeah. three minutes away. Yeah. How do I you feel pick about, 11
2: on TV, right?
1: <laughs> how do you, how do you feel about that as a fan of just watching the draft, looking at Twitter and just having picks spoiled? I mean, it I, it's stupid.
2: It's a, it's a, it's a, I, I mean, like, I listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bag on reporters that, that get that information like reporters are just doing their job. Like, you know, they hear it, they're going to break it. That's, that's what I it get is. it. I, I, I understand that. that it makes it less fun for everybody. Like, because listen, most of us that are, that are into this, you know, as hardcore as we are, uh, we're, we're read, trying to read everything and consume everything online. The same time, this is all going on on TV. It's, you know, it's the two screen thing. And, you know, when you got, you know, because like a lot of it, it's not even so much like looking for, for, you know, the, the pros takes on stuff because it is to a degree, but more it's like, you know, the other people you follow or your friends or, you know, other fans and like getting the reactions from people and, you know, the memes and the jokes and all that stuff. Like that's, that's part of like, that's part of the experience. But, you know, when you got like the, you know, the one person, you know, I think Albert Breer was doing a lot of breaking, breaking. of the He was, he
1: was one, many were, and he was definitely one of them. In fact, he's the one who I saw because I follow him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That broke the stingling. it broke up couple other ones, but I'm like, yeah, man, I, I found out after that, the rest of these picks in, in literally in real time, like when the bills moved up, mm-hmm. I didn't touch my Twitter. Yeah. I found out about the pick literally in real time. I was nervous too. It was weird. more satisfying that way. Honestly, it like, you know, it, it, it was weird, man. And, I, and I'll tell you, all right, so let's, let's start here with the bills. We'll talk about the bills. Um, They move up from 25 to 23. So they move up two spots. And they gave up their fourth round pick, overall pick 130 to do it. And they took a, a cornerback, K.R. Elam from Florida. Uh, he's 21 years old, six foot one, uh, 190. I, I've heard a lot about it. Again, I did a five-week box series with Aaron Quinn on uh, from cover one. So we talked about the kid plenty. He is uh, very athletic, which is uh, the complete opposite of Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace was a steady defender, but not the most athletic guy. Elam mm-hmm. is like, Pretty much the literal opposite. Incredible athlete. Um, he was a first team all SEC in 2020. His film looked great. I remember Eric Turner from cover one was talking his film up and down from 2020. Didn't have really great film this year though. But I've also read that a lot of that is because teams just didn't throw much at him. So his stats weren't there and the film wasn't there as much. Um, he has good bloodlines. His father played at Notre Dame, Abram Elam, and he played in the NFL and his uncle mm-hmm. Matt was a, very good Baltimore Ravens first round pick. So mm-hmm. the bloodlines are there. Bruce Nolan from uh, Buffalo Rumblings said it perfectly. He says he's young and toolsy, and that fits like the Bills' archetype for the type of young players that they like to get really skilled guys who can be uh, coached up. What were your thoughts? And at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we talked drafts some on here over mm-hmm. the last, you know, handful of weeks or whatever. Did we overthink everything else? Did I overthink everything else? Because I mean, we sat here and we talked about. Running back mm-hmm. and, you know, how they, they can get a guy who maybe brings a different skill set coming out of the backfield. A lot of people talked about wide receiver, uh, maybe solidifying the offensive line a little bit. And, and don't get me wrong, they still very well might do these things. Just they didn't do it with their priority, not their first pick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, defense, replacing maybe Jordan Boyer, getting a replacement ready for Tremaine Emmons. We talked about all that stuff. At the end of the day, corner was the one position on this need or on this team that was a quote unquote need. Mm-hmm. you know trey white's coming off the acl which by the way i did find interesting tonight joe um brandon bean during his presser re- immediately after uh the pick says he hopes trey white's ready for the start of the season and one well, didn't sound quite as confident as uh yeah. leading, in, leading into this draft and I, I don't know if that's intentional or not but it's not a lock he's going to be ready and obviously they got dane jackson and that's it so at the end of the day it's like I guess I'm asking you a two part here. Do we overthink yeah. everything else and, and what are your thoughts on this pick from what well, you've heard and seen so far?
2: Well, I we we all definitely overthought overthought everything cuz th- there's so much time to go over everything. Like you you start picking apart every position, mm-hmm. every weakness, every strength and saying like, "Well, why would they take a running back when they got this going on or they have to take a running back because of this?" You know, you know why would they take you know why would they take this receipt this position because they got all these guys or like, ah well, if something happens to like three of these guys, then they're screwed. like you start looking into all these all these ways around it, and yeah, you're gonna overthink everything. it's it's easy to because I mean you know it's you have so many guys out there that that could fit the profile for any of those any of those things. You can come up with a with the perfect plan or perfect idea. No matter what, so yeah, so it's definitely over overthinking on on everybody's part. So, yeah, you know, listen, if you nailed the pick correct in your mock drafts, hey, congrats, you you did you did a good job. But I mean, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna feel like you're gonna cold take yourself by saying, you know, ah, why didn't they just take this guy? This would have been better. Like, so who cares? It's <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You know, it, tomorrow's another day, and like everything will be okay. But um, but uh, the elon pick, like, like, taking a corner, I think is smart. Uh, yeah, his numbers this past season weren't great. Uh, he had really, really solid numbers two years ago, uh, yeah. 2020. So that's, I mean, that's encouraging. Uh, I know it, I think they had alluded to saying, he, you know, he's a little bit banged up, uh, last year. I think there was some, some of issue there, unless I'm getting, getting confused with somebody else. Um, maybe I am, I don't know, but like, uh, the one thing that, that was expressed about him that I think stood out to me, at least perked my ears up was that. He's their deep threat cover guy because he's got the speed, sure, and that's a necessary thing to have. I mean, it was you know obviously you know Kansas City doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore. The Dolphins do, so that's, he runs you know, like twice. a four three nine. He's he runs yeah. like a
1: four three nine. He's a blazer. He's fast. He's a good he's yeah. a fast so, athlete, man.
2: So you know you need you need to have somebody like that that can keep up with guys of that caliber because that's you know for you know everybody's spreading it out you know in the past games and there's always going to be some some guy who can blaze it. Down the field, so you need somebody that can keep up. So, because that way you don't, you're not playing like deep cover zones constantly and getting picked apart underneath. If you got somebody that can run with a with a streaker, cool, like that. That works. Just gotta hope you can cover him well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the only thing. Like he can run with him, but if he baby keeps getting toasted, then that's that's no good. But, um, but one of the things one of the, one of the guys in the the ESPN panel said, uh, and I forget who it was, but he had mentioned how. uh, in previous seasons you know last season or previous seasons that uh if a receiver made a move on him and like got him kind of faked out and beat him you know beat yeah. him for a play it stuck with him yeah and that to me is a i mean I, I that and i think that's something you can you can work out of a guy like you can sure. you can fix that um like just you know working on the guy the guy's mental you know the mental strengths and and, and getting him on getting him on base with that but you oh know man NFL's NFL's a sport that will break your heart constantly with with that yeah. stuff i mean jeez the, the 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 one guy uh from Kansas City who kept getting dusted by uh Gabe Davis in the AFC title game like i mean that dude ended up leaving Canada. you know, of course he went to Detroit of course he did but you know uh but like that dude i mean like you got to have the shortest you, you got to have the like the shortest uh yeah. memory to, to do that you got to forget that stuff I mean, Yeah, yeah the guy's gonna run his mouth at you and be like yo burned you again man sucks to be you like okay but it's the NFL like that's every every play that can happen every you know freak things can happen all over the place so i'll be really interested to see if that's if that's something that continues into the NFL for him because that that could be a that could be a big problem if it, it doesn't is get, it, it, doesn't it get addressed
1: it, it could be and another thing i've heard about him pre-draft I didn't hear about it tonight but I remember, and I can't remember where I read it, but I know it was from somebody credible because I remember that it stuck with me, is he isn't the most physical, engaging, run-defending tackler. So, again, that can be perceived as a negative. I, first of all, I mean, again, corner, I totally get, look, man, Miami's got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill now. The Jets got Elijah Moore. They drafted Garrett Wilson tonight. Mm -hmm. This is a division with some really good receivers, and this was a weak spot. Plus, another thing I like about him, opposed to some other corners that were available in this draft is he's an outside guy and that's what they need. They didn't need a nickel mm-hmm. guy. They need a slot corner. They got Teron Johnson for that. Right. Um, so he's an outside guy. This is the guy who's going to take over for Levi Wallace. Good rookie contract or a good deal. Um, I-, I was looking it up. I looked at spot track. So this is what happens when you- this is why you draft rookies. <laughs> it because of, in part because of the labor, the cost of it, he's going to sign a four year, $13.7 million contract. It's obviously full of guarantee because the first year players. Um, his cap it's gonna be 2.4 million dollars as a rookie, and then he will have a fifth year option. So you got a first round corner premium position as a cornerback, you get him for five years. It makes sense. I will say this too. My mock drafts, I did five with Aaron, I did one by myself, and in all due respect to every single Bills content creator out there, and there's a lot of them. I did never, I never saw one person take care of Elon with the Bills <laughs> to the Bills. With it, which again means absolutely dog shit. Who cares? Right. Um, Brandon Bean had some pretty interesting comments. Who knows? I mean, was he being truthful? Who knows? But believe believe I, nothing. <laughs> right. Well, the so Kansas City jumped up to 21 to get Trent McDuffie, which by the way, I was surprised. I thought Trent McDuffie would be gone by 15. Mm-hmm. Started getting the 17, 18. I'm like, hmm. Now again. After Stingley and uh, Sauce Gardner, like every corner in this draft had some kind of issues. When Trey McDuffie was supposed to, he's got really short arms, and that was the knock on him. Yeah. Anyway, Kansas City goes up and gets him, and Brandon Bean decided that uh, Elam was the last guy, according to Brandon Bean, uh, I'm, I'm going to read his direct quote, we had a big grade on, on Kier, and we were down to one first-round grade on our board. This is what Brandon Bean said. He was the last player on their board who they had a first round grade on. So that's in part, because a lot of people are like, well, why did you move up two spots? Mm-hmm. Well, that's why. Um, and then he also said, I've been hearing it loud and clear from everyone that we needed to add a cornerback. It, it's a pick that makes a lot of sense. And again, none of us are experts, Joe. We don't know. Yep. Like Andrew Booth Jr., if he's healthy, I'm telling you now, he's a top 12 pick. He didn't even mm-hmm. go in the first round tonight. Yeah. So that tells you that. You know, the medical is not great on him. And Aaron Quinn and I have talked about this when we were doing our mocks. We could do these and we could talk about players and you can watch all the film in the world. And it's the same with any sport hockey, too. You could watch film and tape on these guys and read up on them and study them. But unless you're in that room, like that organizational war room, you really don't know what the teams are thinking. You don't know what the medical is on these guys. You don't know what some mm-hmm. off ice or off field stuff may be. And every year, guys go way higher than you think, and guys who you think are gonna be top 15 picks don't even get drafted at all. I'm mm-hmm. um, I don't my my thought is this, and this is the difference between being a Bills fan and a Sabres fan right now. Well, maybe that's changing a little bit, but when you're a Bills fan right now, I trust it sounds corny, but I trust the organization that they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I personally was not excited about the pick. I'm um, just being honest with you, and that's my knee-jerk reaction. I was talking to a couple buddies. Following along, texting during the draft, and I was like, "You know, I, I I want the running back, or I want Andrew Booth Jr., or maybe Daxon Hill." I said, "I, I don't want Kyler Gordon, and I don't want K or Elam." Mm-hmm. And they took him. So my first that was my first reaction. But you got to You touch. You trust the organization to make a good pick. And that's I guess that's the the benefit, the perk of, of having a winning organization right now. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. That's definitely that's definitely a perk of of having the wins to back up the moves that you're making.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I it, you can go through some of Bean's draft history and st- and you put some pretty big circles around some guys where it's kind of like, all right, man, you might have missed on that one. Sure, yeah, you know, there's there's a, a healthy number of guys where you know they're taken in maybe the first three rounds that you're going like, no, man, they haven't done anything yet. Like, you know, maybe they'll blossom in a in a year or so. But you basically got you know the real deal, you got four years figured out. And if you don't buy then, then, you know, peace out. See ya. But, um, you know, it, it, you have to have some, you have to have some hope on, on guys like this. And, you know, certainly the, the talents there, the abilities there, uh, the raw skill is there. So, you know, it, it, you know, at that point in the draft, you know, you're, t- you're, you're talking, you know, m- you know, late mid late first round. Um, you know, it's, it, it it's, too cliche to say best, you know, best player on the board. But, you know, when when it's the NFL, you're you zero in on a position. And if there's not a guy that stands out, absolutely. But you but you you got to grab somebody like if there's a group, like say there's like three or four corners there that you're like, we can take one of these guys, but which one is it going to be? Then you start breaking it down by like, okay, well, where's the who has the upside? Who's got the tools? Who, you know, who's somebody that we can mold? Who's somebody we can coach? Into this position and make them better. That's how you can break that stuff down, uh, and that's where I think you you get the you get that hands on approach from the scouts, where they're you know they're going to you're going to the games, they're talking to all these guys, they're talking to people, and and figuring out like you know who you know who gets who can be coached up, who can who can handle that, or who's you know who's a guy that's not going to listen to a coach and just say like whatever man I'll just do it my way. Like that's the kind of stuff you got to break down uh, when you're when you're picking through these things, and certainly at that position. In the draft, you have to be—you got to be on the ball with that. You just can't just pull name an and be like, well, "Hope it works." You can't do that stuff. So, yeah, you know, I Bean doesn't do doesn't do something without giving a proper, you know, proper research and due diligence. Um, But then, it, you know, it's just a question of does he make the right call? <laughs> you know, like, you know, I I hate picking on AJ Epinesa, but like, it's a, it's that's a kind of a big standout one there Uh for Cody, for guy. Cody,
1: Cody Ford too.
2: Yeah, all Hope, bolts
1: like around picks. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I mean, it's you know, it's stuff like that, and it you know, people circle back and be like, oh, Spencer Brown, he was a third round pick. He's a, okay, well, cool. Like you got it, you got it around on the other side of it, so that's good. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, you're not going to kill a guy day one of the picks unless you're the Patriots and you're taking a third round play, third round lineman in the first round. But yeah, um, oh, it, yeah, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But, um. But you know, it's it's fine. Like it's fine. Like It's not an exciting pick. It's not a sexy pick for the Bills. But like, if you got a team that's built the way they are right now, you don't need to make a splashy, sexy pick. Like it needs to be. A you don't sensible need to do pick. that, it's right? Sensible. sensible. It makes and, a lot like, of sense. You know, but like, if there's an opportunity to move up, and I think there there was. And Bean, I think Bean said that like they didn't talk to anybody outside, you know, north of twenty to try to trade up yeah Which, uh, I don't know about that I, I think when you see Kyle Hamilton slipping down the board, you're kind of like, all right, how, <laughs> you know how how you know where can we get to mm-hmm. that we can get that guy so uh, you know I again, it's draft season. Don't believe anything you hear you know just take it take it for what it's worth at face value and, and go from there.
1: Bean said that he they were considering moving down. Let me tell you a couple other things I like about the Elam pick. I like that last year there was a lot of talk and a lot of rumors that the bills wanted Travis ATN, that they were going to go running back in the first round. It was a really hot topic discussion. It was probably the biggest water cooler discussion throughout draft season last year. And we'll never know because Travis ATN went to Jacksonville before the bills got on the clock. What I like right now is there was a lot of Bryce Hall, Brice Hall talk, which by the way, Brandon Bean kind of refuted that and said those reports and rumors did not come from, inside that building because there was a lot of talk about the bills taking hall mm-hmm. and you got it. And here's the reason why you take your, his word for it. Cause guess what? Guess it was on the board this time. Yeah. Hall was there. So if he really did value that type of running back this high in the first round, well, then he would have taken it and he didn't. So I'm, I, I like the fact that Brees Hall was there and that they didn't go that route. And Elon was so Elon was the fourth corner taken at pick 23. That means for the last nine picks, there are other corners that I saw. Um, you know, I had, I can't <laughs> I had Andrew Booth Jr. That's who I wanted the Bills to take as my corner. Mm-hmm. I know Sal Capaccio, Matt Perino both had Kyler Gordon in their final Bills mock drafts um over the last couple of days. Um Malik Wooden was another guy who was supposed to go around the first round. None of those guys ended up going in the first round at all. So it wasn't just like the Bills took a guy and then you know, uh, Gordon goes two picks later and Wooden, Wooden goes uh, three picks later. You know what I'm saying? It's like no yeah. other cornerback won in the first round. So there were other teams, good teams because they're drafting late, who did not value those guys as first round guys either. Mm-hmm. That, that that makes me feel better about the Olympics. So I like the fact that, like last year, for an example, the Bills took Greg Rizzo, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know for a fact two or three defensive ends went right after him. And I'm like, great, we're going to be comparing these guys for years. Not really going to do that with corner because, again, there was nobody who went immediately after Elam. Mm -hmm. So I like that. And, again, I like the fact that the running back was there, so now that question was answered. Um, There was linebackers available, which I was quite – Devin Lloyd, I was surprised he was there. Mm -hmm. It tells you about Tremaine. Tremaine is not a rat that Tremaine's gone. I still say if they would have taken a safety or a linebacker in the first round, that was 100% meaning – all right, these guys are going to be one and done. I'm talking about Boyer mm-hmm. or Edmonds. So uh, we don't know. But you know what? Do you agree with that? I, I like the fact that you you got your answer at running back, at least for the first round. It, that's not to say tomorrow night on, or Friday night that the Bills are going to take a running back around two, but it wasn't their top priority like some people thought it might be. And I like the fact that there were no other corners that went over the last nine picks after Elam. Do
2: you agree yeah, with that? It's, uh, I mean, I, I look at the, uh, you know, when they, when they, you know, you mentioned when they picked Rousseau and there was a handful of DNs that, that went after him uh, last year. And like, to me that, I don't know, that's like the stuff that happens at a fantasy draft where you pick a guy, then suddenly, you know, three other people behind you are like, oh crap, we got to get somebody at that position too. Yeah. Yeah. Like if one of their guys, you know, if you take somebody that was high, you know, that was high on their board and they're just like, oh crap, we still, we, we got to get a guy. We got to get him now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to get, we can't get snaked out. You know, we're not going to lose, you know, we're not going to come around the second round and, you know, and maybe not get it, get any of the guys that we were, we were looking at. So let's just grab them. Um, I think on the corner side of things, it, I don't know. It, that kind of stuff. It just all depends on what teams are looking for. Really. I mean, it's it's you know your first round and you're you're not you're not in that best player available spot yet you know like you're you know you've got one or two picks maybe in the first round depending on what you do you know you're you're picking out positions where you're like okay we could use some help here or we've got a guy you know we we've, we've got our eyes on somebody that's going to make an impact now uh you know i i think that's you know other teams behind them you know had bigger pressing needs than corner you know, that's that that's the way that's the way that I look at that. Could some other team grab in the other corner? Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? But um, but no, but that was what the Bills need was. I know it, it seems like I'm doing a very, you know, like Zen sort of way of looking at this, but it's just like, no, the bill bills stay within themselves. They're like, okay, corners corners the spot we're gonna address, so let's get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and honestly, you look up and down the roster, I mean, the way you know, you look at the way Singletary played at the end of at the end of the season. And how good he looked, and like Very how much good. you know how much they they trusted him to do a lot. That to me makes running back much less of a you know of a need to be addressed. Uh, to me, I mean, I know they seem to have gone a little bit uh south on Zach Moss, um, you know, and they, they always find a veteran to plug into that third spot, so it's you know, no big deal there. But um, but it seemed to me that the way that, the, the way that they liked how Singletary played at the end of the year that made it less of a need to grab a running back, you know, with Trey White's injury and, you know, given how Bean said that they're hoping he's going to be ready for the start of the season. You know, that to me says like, we need a guy. Like we, we got to get a guy in here. So we better grab one uh, right off the bat. If you want to get a running back, I mean, listen, running backs slip down the board constantly. Like that's not one in the
1: first round. No, there were no running backs taken in the first round tonight.
2: Right. So, I mean, and that's a position that used to be like major need, you know, there's always, there's always like two or three running backs going to the first round. Right. It ain't that league now, like running backs are, they're useful, but like, you know, they're, they're not necessary in, you know, so to speak, but, you know, uh, you know, in Buffalo's case, it's like, well, we got Singletary. We don't, we don't need to add another running back to the, you know, to that, to that room and say, okay, we got that taken care of. I mean, Yeah. You want to add stuff on offense because you know, you just basically, you know, everybody's in an arms race in the AFC, but, um, but yeah, but if you want a running back, just grab one in the second round, grab one in the third round, like where they get Singletary. The Singletary was a third round pick, wasn't it? Yeah. So, you know, you can find really solid talent through there. I mean, if there's not a guy that just like jumps off the page and you know, you're like, wow, gotta have him. wait on it. Like if, if everybody else in the, in, in that, you know, in that, in the pack of guys that you could pick from are you know, more or less similar or like same level talent, just wait, Yeah, you know, there there'll be running backs for them to grab in the second round. If they want to do that. I mean, hell, there's, there's a lot you can do. That's why, I mean, that's why it was crazy to see six receivers go in the first round this year because receiver six was kind the first, of the same way.
1: Six of the first 18 picks. Yeah. Six I mean, that was,
2: f- that yeah. was a position that went on a run <laughs> like yeah. right in the middle, like three, yeah. like what, three in a row. Went, you know, Detroit traded up to to get up, got up to twelve to take a note, take a receiver. Like, I mean, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it it is. One last thing with the Bills, and then we will. Uh, I want to take a quick break, and then I want to come back. I want to go around the league a little bit, starting actually with uh, your team, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I want to talk about them for a few, but I'll say this too about the Bills. I did when I did my last mock draft, um, just yesterday. I said that there were three positions that I really wanted to make sure I addressed with the first three picks. And that was running back corner and interior offensive line guard. Not necessarily in any specific order either. And obviously they went corner. I look at round two going into this draft and I want them, I still want the bills to take a running back, but I want them to take a specific type of running back. I want, I think it was very telling that they went after JD McKissick early in free agency because he's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. And I think that might be the one element on this offense that they do not have. Singletary's okay out of the backfield, but he's, he, he's not a breakaway kind of guy. James Cook is a running back from Georgia. Most people, I, I look at most boards and, and they got third round grades, but I'd be very happy with him in the second round. Uh, Rashard White is another running back. I would like him. So either of those guys, uh, there's a couple of guards I like still. Dylan Partham, uh, Sean Ryan, and Ingram, Cam Jurgens. Uh, there's a safety, Jawan Brisker. There's a lot of talent still to go. And sometimes we, we you know, we spend so much time looking forward to tonight because it's such a big deal that we forget that this is one round and that there's still six to, six more to go. And drafts are made to me in rounds two through four. You know what I mean? That's where you really find some some good players and the cream rises to the crop, the, the guys who are best at drafting. But anyway, I am happy and I, I, I'm satisfied. It was a sensible pick. Let's just leave it at that. I'm not blown away. I don't think it was uh, a sexy pick, but it makes a lot of sense. I was very much, I wanted to move up for Hamilton. I wanted to move up for Stingley because stupid me thought he might be around picks 12, 13. I remember <laughs> saying thir-
0: Thursday, afternoon,
1: <laughs> Thursday afternoon, I'm like, all right, Stingley or Hamilton are there come 11 or 12. So I remember Washington picked 11th. I was like, this is like trade up kind of territory. Yeah. Stingley was gone freaking three and Hamilton ended up going to Baltimore at 14, which pisses me off. But anyway, let's take a, a real quick break. Cause I do want to go around the league and, and go through over. We'll find out a couple teams that had a couple, uh, or some good drafts. And one of them are your boys, man, the Detroit Lions. So be right back folks.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: all right i'm back with joe and quickly i I, I do want to give well i will give detroit credit but i also think jacksonville i don't know man if i had the topic of the draft i'm taking aiden hutchinson and i think he he was gifted to detroit with the second pick not to say that walker's going to be a bus or a bum for jacksonville Mm -hmm. It just seems like a big boomer bust type of pick. Whereas I think Hutchison is a safe player that's It's going to be really good. And he goes to Detroit. And then Detroit moves from 32 to 12, 20 spots. They move up yeah. and they go get Jameson Williams, which, you know, he's injured right now. So who knows mm-hmm. when he's going to be healthy, but this dude is probably the best receiver in the draft. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you what too, because when I first, I was like, wow, they must've gave up. The fucking farm to get him. I looked it up. They really didn't. So this is no. what Detroit gave up. They gave up eight spots in round two. So they moved back eight spots. They swapped and go back eight spots in round two. Mm. And then they gave up their third rounder. That's not a lot to move up 20 spots in round one. Usually no. you're talking a first pick next year and more. So the price of poker was cheap for Detroit. And to their credit, uh, they moved up. Man, they got DJ Chalk, they got Hawkinson, they got DeAndre mm. Swift. I mean, Detroit's got a long way to go. Hutchins is a real nice piece for that defense. Mm -hmm. If you're a Detroit fan, and you are, (laughs) I'm pretty excited about this draft, and I'm pretty excited about uh, the future. One other thing, too, because they had plenty of opportunities to take quarterback, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. I think this is let Jared Goff play this year, and next year's quarterback class is supposed to be significantly better. So they'll have ammunition, go Mm -hmm. get your guy next year, whatever, but... You got some pieces in place if you're a Detroit Lion. Good, Jamison Williams and Aiden Hutchinson, man, you got arguably the best defensive end and the best wide receiver in this class, and you got them both. Yeah, that's a good deal for Detroit. A good haul.
2: Yeah, I mean, trade in 32 and 34 to move up to 12. I I don't I, I know there's they've got like the table that figures out like you know what you know what what pick is worth what.
1: Oh, I figured it out, Joe. I,
2: I don't know like that. I that seems like a good deal. <laughs>
1: Detroit got the. If you go by the old draft value chart, I don't have it in hmm. front of me. But I do know for a fact, because I did look it up, because I thought it was really lopsided. It wasn't. If it favored it favored Detroit by like it favored Detroit by like a couple hundred points, which is like the equivalent of a third round pick. That's what I'm saying. Detroit yeah. didn't give up that much to move up 20 spots.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, they still get their second round. I mean, they still get their second round pick. It's just a yeah, little just bit lower. Apex, in the second Apex round
1: lower. Who gives a shit? What,
2: what they, what they do? Who cares? Yeah. Uh, it's I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's surprising to have. Have the have them making competent decisions. You know, we we've we've talked all year about, you know, the Sabres, like, yeah, they're still a bad team, but like things are feeling good about them. That's exactly what the Lions were the end of last season. Like Mm -hmm. the 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 last few weeks of the year, they played pretty strong games. You know, there's a hit, there's a couple of games where like they probably shouldn't have lost, but they did. You know, that's what happens. There's lions, they lose games. But like they, you know, a couple of the games they won, like the I think the the game against Minnesota, like that was a it was a huge win for for them. I mean, it wasn't a huge win in the grand scheme of things, but right, you know, for them that was a really impressive win. Um, and, and you know, the the vibes are strong. Dan Campbell, you know, people were joking on him, myself included, for all the you know the weird stuff he was saying and you know the preseason and just all the goofball. You know, we're biting kneecaps off and crap like that. I was like, okay, man, like just just chill out. But the but the guys love him. The team team goes through a wall for that guy, and you know that that says a lot to have a bad team that has a coach that they'll rally around. I mean, you know, Lions back in the day had a good team and they had a bad coach that they rallied around. So I mean, you know, that's that's how things work sometimes. But I mean, Campbell's Campbell's done something there that that's kind of it's doing something that hasn't been that hasn't been around in Detroit in some time where there's there's a positivity you know within within the room you know there's not like that that gloom that just looms over everything constantly you know it, yeah. it affects everybody and everything it's not totally there right now the funny thing is though like you you you, you listed it out you know they add dj Chark, they add Jamison, they draft jameson williams i'm on ross st brown's an incredible like Unbelievable that they
1: that they got him. I last forgot year. about him. Shit, man, he's right. good too. He's, yeah, they he's got set, dude weapons,
2: man. He set some rookie records for the for the franchise last year. Like Jira it's crazy. Golf,
1: Jared Goff ain't gonna have no excuses, man. There's a lot of weapons on that team.
2: <laughs> some I don't somebody know pointed who, it out. Well a block for him, but <laughs> well, the lines a little. The lines a little bit better. Um, the line definitely played better at the end of the year. Penny Sewell was the, that the first round pick last year. Mm-hmm. Dynamite selection. That kid's yeah. good. Uh, so I mean, yeah, there's no excuse for Jared Goff, although somebody pointed out like Jared Goff's excuse is that he's Jared Goff. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, you're not totally wrong there, but you know, but like, he's got the, he's going to have the receivers around him. Swift is Swift is a damn good running back. You know, like he, he can grind out yards, but he also can catch the ball out of the backfield too. good at that hawkinson's an outstanding tight end i love hawkinson you know that was that was a pick what they made that i was just kind of like dude why do we what are you taking a tight end for this is stupid and i was like no he's actually really good so that's fine because i was too stung by you know the the past years of you know taking eric ebron before you know like two or three picks before aaron donald you know like sure come on you know things like that brandon Pettigrew back in the day like these dudes couldn't catch a cold playing in detroit and then you know the get a guy like Hawkinson where it's like okay big you know big corn fed guy from Iowa great cool but he's been as advertised he's dynamite so the offense offense could be fun like the NFC like we talked about how good the AFC is gonna be and how, how much of a knockdown drag out it's gonna be is gonna be weak as hell yeah so you know Detroit I mean if they can score some points and stop stop some teams they they could be in a spot where you know, a crappy record is going to get you in the playoffs in the every NFC. Every No team, doubt about
1: that. Joe, every year there's teams that come out of nowhere. They're, they go from worst to not necessarily first, but they stay. The Cincinnati Bengals were 4-11-1. And then yeah. the next year they're in the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying the Detroit Lions yeah. are going to the Super Bowl no. next year. However. They, if they do,
2: you're going to have to peel me off the floor, well, okay? Guess
1: what? 365 years ago or 365 days ago, Joe, mm. I would have told you. Well, the Cincinnati Bengals, ain't going. like they went to the Super Bowl. So yeah. I'm just saying, it does happen. You look at this draft as a whole, and I, I'm going to pull it up here on the screen. If you're watching this on YouTube anyway, um, I'm not going to read every single pick. Trayvon <laughs> Walker going first overall, uh, I'm not going to say it was stunning because there were a lot of rumblings coming over the last couple of weeks or a handful of days at least mm. that it could happen. I'm still somewhat surprised by it. And then, like I said, Hutchinson going the first. The, the real shocker to me was uh, Stingley going third overall to uh, to Houston. I really love what the Jets did. Sorry, Bills fans, but you yeah. know, keep it real here, man. I mean, so they get Sauce Gardner. He's the best corner in the draft. I think he is. He's, I think he's better than Stingley. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. But anyway, they get him fourth, and you need a guy like Gardner because guess what? You know, we talked about um, Buffalo having to defend Miami. And the Jets, well, <laughs> Sauce Gardner is going to be seeing a lot of Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill <laughs> for a long time to come. But then they go in to get Garrett Wilson with the 10th pick because they had the 4th and the 10th pick. He mm-hmm. is a really good wide receiver. Him and Elijah Moore, that's a really good receiving tandem for Zach Wilson to find out kind of what, what he's got. You know, mm-hmm. we, we spend some time talking about Tua Tawangabalaga and if he's going to be a bus. Time to find out a little bit about Zach Wilson, too. Yeah. You know, they
2: got some weapons. He's got to stay healthy. That's right. the thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then they and then they traded in or back up near the end of the first round. I got Jermaine Johnson, a defensive end who many people had going in the top 10. So they had, like, three guys who a lot of people thought would be in the top 10, and they got them in the first round. So I was really impressed with them. Um, then you go through this. What, what else we got here? The Giants, they picked at 5-7. and seven. They get an edge guy and a tackle. I like um, the
2: Giants' draft. I think they they got a couple of bang yeah. up guys I, there. Thibodeau yeah. was Thibodeau was a guy that if Hutchinson went first, Thibodeau was going to be a lion. I'm I would have guaranteed that. And, and I think it would have been lineman a lineman they got pick. Is, yeah Evan Neal's Evan Neal's really good.
1: <laughs> Personally, again, neither was their GMs, but I'm going to be honest with you, I would have took Thibodeau over uh, Walker. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, if, if I if I, I I don't know, it's just something about Walker. I think that I I followed that Georgia defense pretty closely. Mm-hmm. And there's just a bunch of superstars on that defense. They make yeah. a lot of other. They make everyone look good. Um. So then we had a little run on offensive linemen. Um. Seattle took a, a Charles Cross at nine. We talked about the Jets already. The Saints. This is when the trade started going nuts at eleven. Man, mm-hmm. I was like, when are the Bills are going to get in? When are the Bills are going to get on this? <laughs> because I really wanted Hamilton. But anyway, uh, so the Saints move up and get Chris Olave. He's a receiver that Aaron and I took in two Bills mock drafts. Uh, and then of course Detroit moves up for Jamison Williams. So you had your one in receivers there. Ten, mm-hmm. eleven, and twelve were all receivers. Uh, Philly moves up and they take Jordan Davis, which I, I think that was a mistake. But uh, and then Boston. So, co- so,
2: some of that tape that Booger Booger McFarland was showing on him uh, on Jordan uh, Davis on Jordan Davis against Georgia, where mm-hmm. he's just he's just loafing it man like he's just he's not like it's a pass play and he's just kind of like yeah whatever i i ain't going after it i was like dude i see that tape and i'm like do not draft that guy ever please but like, i know he's a run stopper but like it's not a running league man. well
1: it's weird because philly it was rumored or, or it was assumed that they were trying to trade up to get a receiver and yeah. then they don't because three receivers go in front of them yeah I think, of course, I think
2: detroit screwed him. I, I
1: yeah and it's well they also had a, a big trade for a receiver worked out we'll get to that in a second mm-hmm. um so anyway then baltimore kyle hamilton of course falls to the fucking ravens that really <laughs> if there's one pick in the first round that really makes me angry yeah. it's that pick not mm-hmm. even so much because the bills didn't get him because i never thought the B- kyle hamilton was going to the bills i didn't think he was going to be there at 14 and i certainly mm-hmm. didn't think he would just fall into the laps of the Ravens. So that really yeah. pisses me off. He's what a, what a what a
2: defense for him to line, yeah, to line he's up gonna, on crying just, out loud.
1: He's got perennial pro bowler written all over him mm-hmm. on that defense. Houston was up next. And this was a surprise. Kenyon green. They took a guard. I say a surprise. Cause I thought Zion Johnson would be the top guard off the board. And every mock mm-hmm. we've done or people I've talked to, it felt like Zion Johnson would be the top guard. But anyway, Houston goes guard. Good pick. Then Washington goes another receiver. Uh, Jahan Dotson, and then Zion Johnson goes to the Chargers. By the way, the Chargers' offensive line is going to be significantly better. So then Tennessee it, it needs
2: to be. It but, really needs to be. They got to do it for Herbert.
1: So after thinking that Philly struck out on wide receivers, we get news from Adam Schefter, who by the way did not appear on ESPN. I guess his uh, a kid graduated from high school or something like that. So he was at a graduation, but he did tweet out breaking news. The Tennessee Titans traded A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a big trade. A.J. Brown's a beast, man. And they got him mm-hmm. and Devontae Smith. So Philly's going to see what they really got in Jalen Hurts. But anyway, Tennessee takes Tr- Traylon Burks, which was a sixth receiver. Uh, the Saints didn't trade it up for a lineman. Uh, Pittsburgh was up next. They took the only quarterback of the first round, um, Kenny Pickett. And then Kansas City moves up and they go get Trent McDuffie, which made me mad because I really thought the Bills mm-hmm. were gonna get McDuffie. Once it got to be to Pittsburgh, I was like, all right, I think McDuffie's gonna fall here.
2: Can I can I, I just say something about sure. Steelers taking Kenny Pickett?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I it's amazing that an organization would still be affected by not drafting Dan Marino back in 1984. <laughs> like that, like that was fresh in their mind. They're like, we're not letting another pick quarterback get away from us. Uh-uh. Like there right. was destiny he was gonna t- get taken by the Steelers. Like, probably it the coo-
1: and probably if you got if you watched the draft on TV, probably the coolest moment of the night was his reaction. I, yeah. I thought that was really cool, man. He was overcome completely with emotion. I totally get it. I thought that was mm-hmm. I love that human element. I, I thought that was awesome. But anyway, I I feel like if the Bills really wanted Trent McDuffie, if that was really their guy and they really wanted him, they could have mm-hmm. moved up and got him, and they didn't. So maybe they really, well, maybe Elon was right there with him. Um, you think,
2: do you think the Patriots are going to make that trade with them?
1: Uh, no, they, I'm saying they could have went to 19. They could have move up to yeah. 20 maybe because I Pittsburgh obviously still could have got a pick it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Kansas city moves up to get McDuffie, the new England moves down. Um, green Bay takes the first, so they got two first round picks. I'm like, all right, well they lose Devontae Adams but six or seven receivers have already went. What the hell are they going to do? They take a linebacker. By the way, a linebacker that I like a ton. I love Quay Walker. I thought that was a good pick, but anyway, he's a linebacker. Then the bills move up. They get Elam. Uh, Dallas takes an offensive lineman. Baltimore gets a, another guy, Tyler uh, Linderbaum, by the way, a center falls Mm -hmm. into their lap. He was many people thought he was like a top 12 player. Mm -hmm. So again, Baltimore gets two first round picks. They did trade Hollywood Brown, by the way. Um, Then we talked about the jets already. Jacksonville moves up. They get Devin Lloyd. A lot of people had him as a top top linebacker. I like that pick. Green mm-hmm. Bay is another pick, and they take a defensive lineman. So they took two front seven guys on the defense. Didn't touch. I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers feeling pretty good right now. Let's just put it that way. What? So then, I guess. I guess he was. I guess. Uh. You, well, you were watching
2: some of the Pat McAfee, uh, stream tonight, weren't you? I watched it for a
1: little bit until. Oh, okay.
2: Until because Rogers Rogers was on there tonight.
1: Well, I didn't see that because I uh, yeah. stopped watching it because again <laughs> they they kind of spoiled a couple picks. Oh, and I okay. didn't. I just refused to have that shit done. So, all right. So anyway, Green Bay takes two front seven guys, and then the very end of the first round, two safeties I like a lot. Daxon Hill goes to Cincy. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's had a real. By the way, the Bengals have had a very good fucking off season. And people don't yeah. want to talk about that team. They want to talk about the Bills and the Chiefs and mm-hmm. a couple other AFC teams. The Bengals are an AFC champions, and they've had a really good offseason. Man, they've mm-hmm. solidified that offensive line. I like Dex and Hill. You know, I think he's going to be a really good kind of yeah. utility knife defensive back for them. And then Minnesota, with the last pick of the first round, took Lewis sign a safety that I like a lot. He's an eight yeah. second missile. I like that suit. Anyway, I, I do want to talk for a minute about the New England Patriots. Okay, mm-hmm. so they move down to twenty nine. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we we take the Bills. All right, the Bills have not been able to get over to Kansas City. Home, say two years ago when they lost, they said we have to be able to beat the Chiefs, and so we got to build our team to beat the Chiefs. Um, I don't understand what New England's doing. Did they not no. watch? Did, did they forget about Josh Allen in the playoffs last year? <laughs> if you're going to try to win your division, <laughs> your goal is to win your division, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you get in the playoffs. That's how you get a home game in the playoffs. Why? Are you not adding as many pieces to the defense as humanly possible to try to stop and contain Josh Allen? You know, the Bills yeah. knew to beat Kansas City. They had to get a pass for us. So they couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes two years ago. They go out, they draft two defensive ends with their first pick last year, Rizzo and Boogie. Now they even know, you know, and then they, they go sign by Miller because Mahomes ran wild on them again. They know mm-hmm. that's how you got to beat the Chiefs. The New England Patriots draft a fucking guard. Yeah. The third guard on the board.
2: From Chattanooga.
1: Cole Strange. <laughs> Yo, listen, man, this guy might become a pretty good pro. I got none against the guy. Yeah. Every single, and I know prospect rankings don't mean shit, but I have not seen this guy even go in the second round of a mock draft mm-hmm. that I've seen personally. Yeah. They're not it... drafting guy Again, did they not watch? Did they not watch the freaking Buffalo Bills, what they did to them? How do you not? address the defense there were a lot i just named some good safeties i named some Mm -hmm. good linebackers how are you drafting a guard
2: yeah i i think i think the 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 tape that they were watching uh of the of those losses to of the loss to buffalo had to do with the offensive side of the ball because mac you know mac jones he had no help back there at all uh no but like still i i don't know you have to later, man. Right, but but like, I don't know. Listen, I, Belichick is. He, listen, I can't crap on him. I just I I can't. I, it's it's very hard for me to do that. If I were a Pats fan, I'd probably be you know shitting a brick about you know making this this kind of selection. But <laughs> um, but I mean I mean there's no doubt that you know Mac Jones needs some protection you know, back there. I mean, he's got to, you got, you got to get that guy some time to do some stuff, but don't you have other more pressing needs? Like, you know, I mean, if you need a guard, you could have picked that dude in the third round, pick him in the second round. Like who gives a shit? You know
1: what you, your pressing need you're is? You're not missing out. Like you're not
2: going to miss out on getting him by taking him
1: there. You know what your biggest pressing need is Joe to not give up seven touchdowns and seven yeah. drives against the Buffalo bills in the playoffs. Right. And I feel like maybe having a couple guys on defense that can make a play might, contain them yeah. a little bit you're right yeah i'm not saying they don't need a guard i'm not saying to protect matt jones is a bad idea but you're that's a real reach yeah in the first I, round listen if they take if they take
2: up. lewis sign like if you take lewis sign at that spot that's i think that's that would have been a or hill pick.
1: or Dax or hill. yeah
2: daxton hill that listen if the lions were still picking at 32 either one of those guys was was somebody that i was like man take take either sure. one of those guys there because they could use that but um, but like, uh, Pats could use that guy. I mean, I, I know they got, they got some hot shots in the secondary, but like your secondary got shredded in the playoffs, man. Like you need help, <laughs> you yeah. know, you can look at it and say like, oh, well, it's just one game. It's so, like, yeah, it was a one game in a very big spot. Like you right. can't, you can't get roasted like that and not address it.
1: Right. Well, I'll tell you what, before we get out of here, because again, it's going to be a, a very interesting, well, Friday night tonight, I guess. Night two of the draft. Night two of the draft is my favorite night, by the way. I study up enough on prospects that I say I'm three to four rounds deep. Where I pretty much know a decent amount about all the prospects that are that are probably going to go in those rounds. And I love getting two or even three players to talk about as opposed to one. Um, so that'll be interesting. The Bills don't have a fourth round pick currently. They got a second and a third. So we'll see what happens uh, tonight. Before we get out of it, though, I, I just want to spend a couple minutes talking about the Buffalo Sabres. Certainly not going to shit on them for one game because this team has been playing very, very well of late. Mm-hmm. They've been playing pretty well, just generally speaking now, for the last right. couple of months. But um, they sleptwalk, I guess, in, in yeah. Boston tonight. They decided to take a nap uh, during this game. I'm going to be completely transparent with you. I didn't watch but maybe three minutes of the game because <laughs> I was fixated on the draft. But mm-hmm. the Sabers go to Boston. They lose five nothing. Our old friend Linus Olmark, got a, sh- I believe, is in that right? He got to shut out. Yeah, they did lose like five nothing. I mean, that was the last time I checked. It was five nothing, correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Five nothing was 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 the final. So I mean, you watch at least some of it, or enough to know. I mean, it was, it was just a just a total laying egg, sleepwalk kind of. You just one of those nights you like to forget, even though. They're going to have a lot of time to think about it soon because literally Friday night tonight is going to be the last game of the season, but uh yeah. Just one of those nights, huh?
2: It's uh yeah, it was definitely one of those nights. It it was it, it's the kind of night where if uh if people weren't feeling positive about the team, people would have been like just carrying how pissed they would have been about this game into into August, honestly, <laughs> cuz it was it was that ugly of a performance. I mean, it had all the markings of a game that would just fry fans forever because, you know, it's Allmark gets to shutout; out. It's his first shutout with the Bruins. and It comes in game 81 of the season. You know, Bergeron gets a hat trick and you know, four points. Like Taylor Hall scores a goal. Like, everything Ooh. about that. Yeah, yeah. It was, that. Yeah, <laughs> it was that kind of game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, like, everything in that game was just like, oh, God, these guys. Like, this is why we hate the Bruins. Like, that kind of stuff for... Sabers fans, but nobody's paying attention. Everyone's watching the draft. You know, the one guy you could say played well for, for Buffalo was Owen Bauer. So, you know, that's nice. nice but like, but really, like it, it's a you know, it's a it's a game that might as well have been played in the Phantom Zone as far as it goes in Buffalo. Because nobody, nobody watched, nobody gave a crap. Everybody, everybody's <laughs> everybody's waiting for the Bills to pick, you know. And listen, listen, you could have watched the entire game had it been over, and then still waited another hour and a half for the for the Bills pick to come up, but like why bother? You know, like you know, it, just, it didn't, didn't mean anything like the The game that matters for, for people here is the one uh, on Friday night with, you know, it's RJ's last game, last game of the season. It's home against Chicago, Pat Kane coming to town, you know, the whole, the whole shindig. So, uh, you know, it's, it's that, it's that kind of thing where like, you just, you know, you're not going to hold it over anybody's head, you know, sure. just, you know, just say you played it, never look at the tape again and call it a day. Like That's, <laughs> That's that's really the the most you can say about a game like that because honestly it just doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, like you want to see him have a nice performance and you know maybe kind of stick it to Boston, you know, a little bit because you know you can you can still mess with their playoff positioning. Um, but you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it I, I really doesn't key, matter.
1: I low key don't. I could give a shit less about them winning or losing the game. But mm-hmm. I low key wanted Tayshas in the score because. Yeah. I wanted him to get to 38 so he'd have a little more realistic chance to get to 40 in the last game. Now he's going to – he's at 37, so he would need yeah. to get a hat-trick. It would be pretty cool though. That would be a pretty game. nice way to do
2: it. Like, yeah, get hat-trick a hat-trick against, against,
1: against Chicago. Against Chicago in RJ's last game, but he's at 37, and then Skinner's at 33. So maybe he could pop one in and try to, you know, and then score again Friday and get to, to 35. It will be interesting. I, I mean, again, the end of a of a great era with, with Rick Jenneret. Um You know, so the last question I want to ask you is this, because you do Maintenance Day with Lance, Mm -hmm. big fan of it. It drops every Monday. The season's going to end. Is it going to be more? Now, again, you're not a Sabres fan. You talk Sabres, but you're not a Sabres fan. So I don't Mm want to get, you know, too. I know you're not excited, so to speak, that they're playing better. But as a content creator, as somebody who has a podcast and is going to be doing this, is it easier for you to go into the off season because this is your first off season having maintenance day pod with Lance? Mm-hmm. You're going into the off season. Are you looking forward to to producing content more because this team is showing a lot of promise? That there are a lot of promising things you could talk about instead of the same old shit like it's been for the last say ten years, or it's just going to feel dreary and feels like you're talking about something because you have to. Yeah. Whereas this feels like, you know, that it feels like. Your, your pod, your, the timing with your podcast is, it's kind of on the ground floor of something it feels like that's being built that could turn into something special. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely a lot different because, you know, the last, I mean, geez, the last, the, like those, the two years with the athletic, it was just like, we get, we get halfway through the year and I'm like, John Vogel and I'd be looking at each other like, what are we going to do with this? Like, sure, this is, right. you know, n- you know, not only is it difficult to write about, but like nobody cared, you know, like, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to make money or you, well make money for make money for the company anyways. But, um, but like, you're just trying to like get people to subscribe to stuff. and like, nobody gives a shit, you know, nobody cared mm-hmm. uh, like this time around though. It's, it, it's, it's nice. It is nice to have, you know, something where people are just kind of like, all right, Hey, next season's going to be better let's you know let's get let's get fired up about it the thing is we don't you know i mean i can't speak for lance but i'm just kind of like oh, how do we go about this because it, it, we haven't really had an off season like that cuz even you know n- not since at least uh, since since when they drafted jack anyways like that i mean that off season there was i mean there was excitement cuz you know, sure. draft draft cycle they tra- they'd already traded for kane traded for O'Reilly, they trade, you know, trade for Leonard, all that stuff. And you're just like, wow, okay, they're going for it right away. Cool. Mm-hmm. you know, you know, obviously we know how that turned out. It didn't, didn't go that great. But, um, I mean, that first season went decently. Okay. I suppose first or second, yeah, first season, cause they got like 80, 80 something points, which still the high mark in the last, you know, what, what nine years. Um, but like, you know, it never got better. It only got worse from there. And like, just, you know, everything kind of spiraled out every off season. The thing you could look forward to at the, you know, the end of the year press conferences was somebody was going to say some shit and somebody going to get mad and somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, the, the GM would have to try to answer for, I mean, when it was Tim Murray, you knew Tim Murray was going to say some shit. Um, you know, the coaches, you know, geez. Uh, what was, you know, like when, you know, they're, they're firing a coach every other year. So you're just kind of like, all right, well, we got that to look forward to. So there's that too. There's none of that this year. It's it's going to be a nice quiet. <laughs> it should be a nice quiet time. I don't think anybody's going to be like screaming their head off to get traded or, or moved out of town. Um, they're not. You know, as far as I know, they're not going to fire fire anybody like a coach or the GM. I can't see that happening unless something absolutely bizarre happens. But right. Um, and if something like that does happen, I would I would then start calling for the owners to sell the team. <laughs> immediately just get get out, get out, yeah. be done with it. But, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a low event, you know, final, you know, final day of the season, you know, end of the season anyways, like, which is good. They, they, they need that to be that way. Like they need it to be more positive going into the off season that you now it's up to them to have a good draft, a, uh, and good free agency too. You know, like they, they, you can't really fall asleep at the wheel on that stuff this summer because you got as much as you have the you know the the foundation set in place for what you want to go for the future, there's some very obvious holes that they got to address. And there's some very obvious issues they got to take care of because if they don't,
1: we're gonna have old conversations next year. One which yeah. is not gonna be good. One last question, and then we're gonna put a wrap on this episode. And we'll dive into it a little bit more next week. But are you stunned right now? Are you shocked that? Well, we know the Sabres are going to have three first-round picks. Well, we didn't know that because <laughs> you know, it's still they still might not have three because right. Vegas can win the lottery. Mm-hmm. Are are you stunned that Vegas might win the lottery, or are, are you stunned that they're in position to win the lottery right now? I never thought that with Jack Eichel going to Vegas, that they were not going to make the playoffs. And I did look it up, and I ain't trying to blame your boy mm-hmm. because I've been very I've defended Jack plenty until recently,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but. I think they were like 83% when he made his debut with Vegas, they were like 83% to make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. now they're out. Yeah. Are you, are you does that stun you right now?
2: It's I, I'm not stunned. Um just because they've been they've been dodging, dipping, ducking, dodging, doing all the you know the five D's of of you know, dodgeball. There he is. Bobble Bobblehead Jack should be shown off on the video for, for everybody who's <laughs> listening, but um, but like they've been they've been diving around the salary cap stuff you know since you know since about december you know november december mm-hmm. with guys being in the, you know out of the lineup being hurt guys coming back and then they have to like move you know shift stuff around they had a dreadful run of injuries like right as jack came in uh right like right when he started playing like they, these guys started dropping out of the lineup like flies so there was a good stretch for about a month not a month, month and a half, maybe where the, like half the lineup was guys fresh out of the AHL that mm-hmm. you know, had very limited NHL experience. And, you know, some of those lineups that Jack, you know, you see Jack, you know, centering the top line. You're like, wow. Okay. That's cool. But like, you know, Mark stones out, Patrick Reddy's out. And he's playing with a bunch of guys that, you know, for, for, la- for lack of a better description, a lot worse off than like, it's like playing with the Rochester Americans, you know, like that's, that's about the level of, 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 talent that he had around him you know and you know it, it's just you know and you know listen people are like oh, injuries aren't an excuse like aren't they though like isn't, isn't that kind of how it works like if you got half of a lineup like that's that's no good i mean they they folded at the end jack struggled pretty badly well, yeah. the last the last few weeks he had a he had a rough go of it um but they had they had you know they were working guys back in the lineup that i know damn well are not healthy like max patch was they were like, oh, his season might be over. Then he's playing the last, you know, few weeks of the year. It's like, how does that happen? Okay, you know, Mark's, you know, Mark Stone came back and was like, well, oh, they were talking about him being done till, you know, maybe the end of the season. Which I think they were trying to Tampa Bay Lightning their way with that one. But, um, but then things started getting a little tight, and they're like, all right, Mark, you, time to get ready. You've got to get healthy here. Like, you got to get in the lineup. But, um, but it was just a conglomeration of everything. You know, the drama, like you know, Robin Leonard drama. Go figure. Like that was, you know, that stuff with like, you know, he's like the, the the stuff that happened this past week where it's like always oh, he's, he's injured and he's good he's, he has to get surgery he's done for the year and then he's practicing the next day and the coach you know the coaches was like i don't know where that story came from and it's like all right guys like you know cool good work and then he ends up you know missing the last few games anyways because he had been playing hurt for like a month like you know it was just everybody was everybody was trying to do stuff hurt and it's like you can't do that. Like these guys are older. Like these aren't young dudes that are trying to do that. You know, Leonard's a little older. You know, Patrick's older. Like Patri's in his 30s. Leonard's Leonard's pushing 30, I think. Uh, you know, Stone is still relatively young-ish, I guess. Maybe he's like 28, 29. But like, you know, these are dudes that were it's like you don't want them, you don't want to run them out there injured. Like, that's the way you get hurt worse. And um they just they couldn't hack it. Petrangelo was, I think. The signing like people are gonna mock them for trading for Jack and saying like that's bad money, blah, blah, blah. Them signing Petrangelo for the deal they did, he did not look very good this year. He looked very, he looked very rough this season. So again, you know, whatever. It to, to say I'm stunned that they missed the playoffs, nah, I'm not stunned. It's surprising. Like, it's definitely surprising. That I mean, they have the talent. That's a talented roster, but they got to do some serious surgery this offseason because they've got 18 guys under contract and they're already 4 million over the cap. Wow. so they got to do they got to do some some really creative work there to to make that to make that go and you know listen it's going to be fascinating to see how that ownership because that ownership is very intense about everything and they're very they're especially intense about winning and like you know they're you know the fact that they went ham on the, the expansion draft and making those deals and then they went to the cup final the first years and that's not that's that's not a you know i mean as surprising as it was it made sense because they They understand the Vegas market. Like it's not demanding in the sense that, you know, you know, it's diehard fans and you know, the fans are gonna riot if they don't win. It's not that. It's the competition for the for the entertainment dollar. Sure. You know, if, you gotta, if you're putting a losing team on the ice in Vegas, you ain't gonna draw anybody because they're go rather, see
1: Celine Dion instead.
2: Right? Go see Celine. Go see Britney, <laughs> go, go do anything else and blow all my money in the casino. Like, fine, I'll do that instead of watching the dog crap team. But they got a they got they got some stuff to figure out. And You know what? That's that's a bad spot to be in for the GM because you're gonna get it's it's like what Elliot Friedman always says. Other GMs don't throw you a life preserver; they throw you anchors. And like people are gonna be asking for trades, and they're gonna be like want to make that trade. It's a bad trade for us, but it's going to lose us some salary and that's okay by me, but they got nobody coming up through the pipeline. They've traded any of their really good prospects away. You know, they traded Nick Suzuki to Montreal for patch You know, they trade, <laughs> they, tra- they, tra- they trade tuck and Krebs to, to Buffalo. You know, they, have they've they've given away a lot of really good young players because they had to get those vets that have been there that have done the thing and it catches up to you sometimes. And it might be catching up on Vegas real quick.
1: Yeah, I'll. I, you know, I'll I'll say this. Regardless of how you feel about Jack or, or whether it's fair or not, you don't want to call him a loser yet, and you can't say, well, it's his fault Vegas didn't make the playoffs. That said, fair or not, pressure's going to be on him next year to prove that oh, he's yeah. not just a guy who's uh, immensely talented but is a loser or is mm-hmm. a, a cancer in, in the clubhouse. He's. They're going to have to win. He's going to have to prove it. Otherwise... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some of the shit that might be a little bit undeserved right now, it'll be uh, a little more deserved. But anyway, this was fun. And uh, I'll tell you, next week's going to be another packed one because yeah. we'll review the Bills draft. We'll have plenty to talk about. I'm sure we'll have plenty of savers, postseason reaction, uh locker room clean out talk and stuff like that. We'll be back with our starting five next week, too. I don't like not doing a starting five, dude. This is This is a one week only kind of deal. But like I said, Bills... Sabers, a lot of yeah. shit going on, man. But uh, sometimes as always takes
2: precedence, you know. <laughs>
1: exactly. Thanks as always, and of course, everyone, make sure you check out Main and State podcast on Monday. Joe and Lance locker clean out will be Sunday, right?
2: Uh, Saturday and Sunday, Saturday and then and Sunday. Uh, the GM and the coach talk Tuesday, I think.
1: So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, some point content over the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and then I'll kind of be in the same boat with you on this podcast. We're gonna have a lot of off season bullshit to pull. It's <laughs> fill-up, man. Nice yeah. well, yeah. as always, buddy. <laughs> you got it, man. It's always fun.
3: <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality